Just to clarify, these views that we speak of on our podcast are 100% our own and not those associated to anyone from Luton Town Football Club. Thank you very much. Welcome to Owen the Town. I'm Luke Gregory on my own today and that's because we're about to launch our first episode of our mini-series Life at Luton and hopefully over the summer if producer Jacob does his job well which I'm sure he will uh, we're hopefully going to have quite a few more guests on throughout the summertime so if you have any suggestions or anyone you think would be good for this uh, let us know tweet us Owen the Town and one more note if you're currently listening to this uh, this is also on YouTube. There's a video version of this, which I think you should definitely go and check out as well as listening to this. So whatever you're up to today, uh, listening to this, get it in your diary to go watch it as well. So we hope you sit back and enjoy our chat for Life at Luton with our first guest, Kiernan Dewsbury Hall. Kiernan, thanks so much for joining me. I guess we start with your favourite goal for Luton. Oh, my favourite goal in a Luton shirt? Um, I would have to say probably Bournemouth away. I, I mean, I only scored three, so... Yeah. I'm not even a massive, massive collection to choose from, but I'd say Bournemouth for away just because of um, the game. Obviously, it's a big team we're playing. We're away from home. And um, yeah, it was a winner as well. So I, I came back into the change room after that game so buzzing and I've seen a lot of nice messages and people were buzzing that would be a, a team that you'd a lot of people would say we're a Premier League team. So, yeah. And it was a good finish, to be fair. Like, I've... I've I've turned out and put it onto my left foot and just put it into the bottom corner. So, yeah, I'd probably say the Bournemouth away one. And you think against a team like Bournemouth, like you said, they've got so much talent in that squad and so many millions that squad is worth. And they're obviously down to 10 men. I guess at half time, it was kind of like, we could go out and win this. Yeah, 100%. I mean, like, we're obviously, getting the man sent off is a massive confidence booster for us. And to be fair, I thought we were doing pretty well in the game anyway. But... That is just an extra incentive, you know, on to go on and win the game. And we had a couple of we had a couple of chances before I scored, and we could have maybe been one or two up. So I think on the on the balance of the game, we definitely deserve to win. And as you say, it's a massive achievement for knowing the difference in budgets that both teams have. Yeah. And we did that against a lot of teams. We beat quite a lot of the, the top teams in the league this season. So it just shows like how competitive we were. I remember that Bournemouth game and watching your performance. And that's the day, I, I, if I recall your performance, I could almost see a bit of like David Silva in your play. Do you, ever yeah. like, do you look at other players like, I don't know, even like David Silva, would you like base your style on, on, on another player? Um, yeah, no, that's a good question. I, I have to be fair, like, it sort of switched. Like, I've always said since I was a kid and my idol always will be Paul Scholes. Mm-hmm. Just, just the way he was and the way he played, I just... I. I thought it was unbelievable, but looking more like to now, it's like them sort of players, David to Kevin De Bruyne, like the one, the, the creative midfielders that just lo- love to like pass and dribble and get the ball. You know what I mean? Yeah. And David, and 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 they're the, they're the lads that I sort of watch YouTube videos on and, and learn little tips off because they're the best players in, in their generation. You know what I mean? So yeah, definitely. I think it was one of them. 
a few times in that game where you're just on the ball, your left foot, these like small little turns. And I was like, mate, Bournemouth can't deal with you. You're running the show. Yeah. Um, you could have probably scored quite a few more goals though as well. In the derby, the Watford game, you've had one that's just gone inches past the post. But yeah. you probably yeah. could have had quite a few more just if maybe luck was on your side. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, I feel like I could have, to be fair. There was a couple of good opportunities that I had that just missed and stuff. And and even a couple more assists. I feel like I was a bit hard done by with him at assist at the end. Just at the end. But it's what it has football at the end of the day, isn't it? It's all about keep plugging away and then hopefully the rewards will come. But I was just happy to contribute in a lot of other ways as well. You know what I mean? Like trying to dictate play and, and, and create chances for the team and, and I was just happy that I was able to show that to the rest of the fans. Let's move on to the best game you've played in this season then, your or your favourite game you've played in this season? Well, yeah, good question. Um, yeah, that is... You know what game I did really enjoy? Because, one, we had the fans there, and two, it was a big scalp, was Norwich at home. Yeah. Because, as I say, look at what Norwich went on to do. They exactly. went on to win the league pretty comfortably, and, and they came to kind of throw it in from minute one, we were just on it. And as I say, one of two games this season where the fans were there, it was a thousand fans, but it felt like five, 10,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, it was a great win. And it was like my first experience of, of the Luton Town fans in the flesh. And I was just like, wow, yeah, fantastic. It was one of them great nights, you know what I mean? It's one of them things as well. When you look back at this season, there's so many games that you could probably select as your as your favourite mm-hmm. one. And there are some obvious ones, obviously the Watford game, but would you say that Norwich one for you is the one you look back on and you think performance-wise from the squad, performance-wise from yourself, everything just was perfect, wasn't it? Yeah, everything clicked that day, I think. And it's, sometimes you just get them games in football where, I don't know if it's the occasion, whatever it was, the team we was playing, it just clicked and it was just a great night. We scored some great goals and it was just a fantastic night to be a part of. Yeah. So. That one sticks out in my mind, and even even like the Bournemouth ways, and and like even the games where we might not won. Like I remember, like I played, we played Birmingham at home, and I know, I remember personally having a really good game, but we and we battered them, but we just yeah. couldn't get a, get another goal. And so, yeah, like as I say, there's been a lot of good good moments this season, so it is pretty tough to pick out one. And when you go from playing in an empty stadium for half the season, or whatever was core of the season to having the fans back. Obviously you said a minute ago how it felt like there was more than a thousand, but what's the difference between playing with no fans and fans? Is there less pressure when there isn't fans in the stadium, do you think? Yeah, I'd, I'd probably say there is. Yeah. It, it's, it's a weird feeling. I can't lie. Um, I mean, a couple of years ago I was playing 23s football and it, and it felt like I was going back to playing that. Yeah. And it's 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 weird because there's certain situations of the game, for example, like you're you maybe you you're on top of a team and and you're trying to keep that momentum and with fans there, like they're on they're all, they're riling you up and you're on you, you keep going forward. And without fans, it's like it's tough to do it on your own. And even when you like maybe you're in a bit of a slump in a game, fans bring you up and fans give you that boost to like push on, and you don't have that. And it's just like it's a weird feeling, but. I suppose for some people, some players it's good because they might not feel the pressure of fans if, if it's not going as well. Yeah. But for me, no, it's all about the fans. Like it, I'm not, I hate, I don't like not playing in front of fans. 
I mean, it's good. To, I'm happy that they're able to watch online, but it's just not the same when they're not there. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I guess I've, I've I've heard you online speak about the the Watford game and obviously the history the clubs have and the and the derby. It's that's one that fans would have loved to have been there. And I feel like we can't not talk about it because everyone mm. wants to hear about the Watford game. But going into that, obviously yeah. they I hate to say it. You know, they're a good team. They've got some good players and again, millions of pounds worth of players and they've obviously got promotion yeah. this season. But for us to go against them and dominate them like we did, you know, that that's an unbelievable thing to do. Yeah, 100%. That was one of them games from minute one. I remember someone made a tackle and I was just like, okay, we're, we're, we are on it here. And I don't think they expected that. And maybe they came, came there with a bit of swagger thinking, oh, we'll just come and play. But, I knew, as a, on a, even as a player on loan, how important that game was building up. Yeah. It was, we was really, really like on it. And um, we knew how important it was for us and the fans. So to get that free, that's for me, was the best three points of the season because I knew how much it meant to the club. And do you think it helps as well? Like you having someone like Mick Harford there to drill it into you of, of how much it means and Gary Sweet telling you how much this means that maybe we wanted it more than Watford and, and that is why they struggled to get going or get any rhythm in the game. Yeah, yeah, spot on. Like, Mick's obviously a legend at his club and and he does talk to us a lot behind the scenes and he's really good with that. And he was telling us the importance of it, really. He's been there and he's done it at the, at the level and he was just like, lads, this, is, this doesn't come around often. Like, you need to just go out and, and make a name for yourself and write your name in Luton history. So that was what the lads' mentality was into the game was going. And, and we was just at the end, we was at the end, we was just so happy and Mick was so happy and, and the whole club and it was just such a nice feeling you know what I mean I'll tell you what it was a great day I think I was on the beers from like nine in the morning <laughs> as the weather spoons having a breakfast it was such a good day um and I think that moves nicely into this next one what were your first impressions of Mick Harford my first impressions of Mick Harford I was like okay my first impression was wow he's big <laughs> yeah. even even like he's, he's getting a bit older now but he's still really like big and broad and I thought when you're in when you're in your prime playing football, you would have been a handful. Yeah. Like I wouldn't have probably wanted to mark you. So <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah, that's the first impression I had from him. And then as well, like 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 the nicest guy ever, like a teddy bear. Like he's obviously a really big name, but you'd never know that he's so humble. Yeah. Which is a good thing about him. Does he ever lose his temper, Mick Harford? Yeah, like yeah. if if yeah, he's he's got that switch. If if players aren't on it or players are not training how they should be, like he's got that that switch, which is good because we know we know how nice he is, but then we know like you don't you don't take any liberties with him because he, he will tell you how it is. You know what I mean? Which is a good balance to have. And also, he's had uh, a, a great playing career as well. And I've heard Elijah talking on social media recently about how he gets you know a few bits of tips and stuff from him. Would you say is he giving you any good advice in the last year? Yeah, he's given me some great advice. Um, I, he was one of the guys that was was watching me when I was playing at Leicester and I knew that he came to a lot of games. So he's a big reason for me coming to Luton because he had that belief in me. So he would always give me tips and just sort of tell me to just go out and express myself, which for me as a player is probably the best thing to say because yeah. that's when I play my best. It gives me the confidence. And even like your point about Elijah, me, Mick and Elijah have done so many sessions after training about as a midfielder linking up with a striker and the movement. So he, he was just a great help in all of that. And, and I'm ho I hope that we could have shown a bit of that 
with me and Elijah on the pitch. And it's just a shame that we only got a couple of months to play together. Yeah. Let's move on to your best mate at the club. Oh, you know what? I've I actually got close with a lot of players, a lot of the lads. You know, um, I'd probably say. Well, it was tough because for the from when I signed to January, I was living with Reese, Norris, and Davis. Yeah, and obviously we, we know what happened with Reese, but I got really close with Reese, and we we did everything together. And then from January to the end of the season, I lived with Cal Naismith. Yeah. And honestly, Cal Nason is one of the best guys. Best guys I've ever met. Like, <laughs> What's he like? He because he does just—he's. He, you don't really see much personality on the pitch of him. Obviously, there's that clip on on Twitter of him <laughs> shouting at you, and he he plays that ball. Yeah. But what's he like? He's one of the funniest guys I've ever met. Really? Yeah. He's he's like obviously he's really Scottish, and he's he's got really good like witty one-liners, and it's just like. <laughs> You just look at him and laughing your head off because you're like, it's just hilarious. Like I can't describe what he is because it's his own humour. But he's one of the best I've ever met. And even people like Harry Cornick, George Moncur and Glenn Weir, they were all just really, really good with me. And I would consider a lot of them that I would be friends with for quite a long time and the rest of my life. Do you reckon there's people like that and you are going to just stay in touch with then for, for the rest of your career? Definitely, I'll definitely stay in touch with the people I've said and even people like Sonny who sort of took me under his wing as a skipper and gave me good guidance. And everyone really, like obviously you're not as close with everyone, but I was I had a great relationship with every player in the team and I could easily message a player for any advice in the future and I know that they'd give me honest answer. A name you hear a lot about being such a good character around the dressing room is Peli Rudder Kampanzu. What is yeah. <laughs> what is he just I just assume Pelly is just a laugh every single day at training. Is that the case with him? Yeah. Like I didn't I didn't even need to mention him because he's already got that reputation. Yeah. Like everyone knows what he's what he's like. So he's not even worth mentioning because you've seen you've seen snippets of videos of Pelly. He's just he's he's, he's so <laughs> loud and he's so good for the dressing room because he's he's got a great banner, a great character and he's just obviously he's he's been there a while and He's like he's like the, the the stain that he keeps everybody together. He sorts out the little groups to bring yeah. everyone together in, in in the club, and he's just a fantastic person up in the dressing room. And it was it was a pleasure to play with him as well because he's a really good player. How would you relax after a training session? Ooh. I would probably I'd go home and I'd, I'd maybe go and play some golf or go into the garden. I really, I'm really big on my golf. Yeah. I, I like playing golf. Yeah. It's, How long have you been doing that for? Uh, since I was a kid, but I stopped until lockdown and then I got into it again. It, with the, with the thing is with golf, when you get the bug, it's dangerous. Like you're playing all the time. <laughs> so I'll, I'd probably say, yeah, just go and play golf because there's nothing really else to do. What was, what we was doing um, because of lockdown and that either golf or just relax watch Netflix and, and chill with the lads really we spoke to George Moncur over Christmas time and he said normally after training he'd go play some darts with Jordan Clark did you ever get involved with any darts yeah yeah I was part of the darts crew any good to be fair George Moncur yeah I'm alright George Moncur is very good yeah George Moncur and, and, and Jordan Clark always every morning used to play before training and I'd sometimes get involved but we have a pool table as well and that's more my game I was I would Easily sounds the best at pool at the club. So, like a um, Luton Town pool competition or golf competition, you reckon you're taking the, the number one medal for that? I'd definitely take the pool competition. 
the golf one, George Ron Kerr plays up about four, so he's... Oh, well, is there anything back. he can't do, <laughs> literally? I know, George Ron Kerr, he's... He's just become a dad as well, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's, got, he's got another little one now, so, yeah, he's a jack of all trades, so he'd probably take the golf, but we had a golf trip day out a couple of weeks ago, and... Um, yeah, I did all right. To be fair, Mick and Kev did, and the goalkeeping coach are very good as well. I think they play a lot. So, no, it's, 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 all, it's all good and fun and games. I love that. I love that. Um, the toughest opponent you've played against this season? I've been asked that before, and, it was a, and I was trying to think. The one that springs off the top of my head, not direct opponent, but in terms of play, was Buendia. Okay. Just because he was... He was just, he was really clever. And to be fair, the partnership he had with Pookie was, was very impressive. Like, it was the same wavelength. When he got it, Pookie spun and it was, and he was sort of like in. And I was like, whoa. whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, it, that, was, that was quick. It shows because he's won player of the year for the championship, isn't he? And he's, yeah. you, you look at Norwich fans and their opinion on him, it's, he looks the hell of a baller. Yeah. He's, I think it's a good example of he's, he's a player at a club that's got, so much confidence, got the backing of all his teammates. And as I say, that, that brings the best out of you as a player. So, yeah, I'd probably say Buendia. In terms of midfielder... Um, Played some all right players in the Chelsea game, didn't you? Oh, yeah, yeah, the Chelsea game. I'd probably have to give that to someone like Mason Mount. You see what he's doing at the moment. I love that he's, pick he's, of, of you with Mason Mount on the floor. That's, <laughs> mate, I'd get that frame, yeah. get it on your wall. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I might get the FA Cup shirt framed <laughs> yeah. and then get that little picture at the bottom. Oh, mate, that, so, was, yeah. um, that was a hell of a day. At one stage, Harry Corning nearly makes it 2-2 and, and you never yeah, know what happens yeah. from there. But for Chelsea to power such a strong team as well, it, we, I, thought, I thought we did all right. I did as well. Like, Obviously, the first 20 minutes was a bit of a shock to the system for the team and we two down, but... As soon as we settled and we started playing our football, we looked as dangerous as they did. And you mentioned the Harry Cornick chance. If he scores that, I personally think we go on and possibly win the game because the momentum's in our favour. And we, I think we gave a great account of ourselves that day, great account of Luton, and people realised, OK, now nah, Luton are a really good side. Yeah. And you look at the third goal Chelsea score and, you know, they've brought on Hudson-Odoi and... Tammy Abraham's the one who finishes it off and you look at these players and it's like sometimes you just got to hold your hand up and say you know what fair play like look at the talent they've got on the pitch sometimes you know it's just gonna you can't do anything about it pretty much of course at the end of the day they are Premier League players and and they are very talented and they've all got that good cohesion so there is going to be times where they do break you down and we we managed to subside it for a while but obviously they're going to get chances. They're a top team. You can see what they're doing now. They're in the final of the FA Cup and the Champions League. Yeah. And for you personally, 40-odd games this season for Luton. And let's be honest, a really hectic schedule, a, a crazy year with the pandemic. How have you found it like mentally and physically playing so many games and especially in such close concession like yeah. Saturday, Tuesday? Yeah. Um, to be fair... At the start, I was I was like, okay, this is this is pretty tough because obviously before this loan, I'd only played ten senior games. I, I'd been playing twenty threes, and everyone knows that that's not the same as playing senior football. So at the start, I was like, okay, this is this is pretty intense, and and I had to adapt to it. But I got to a mid stage of about twenty games where I, my body had fully adapted to playing three uh, every three four days, and I was 
it was sort of in a rhythm and I was like, oh, this is good. I'm recovering, playing, training. Yeah. And and by the end of it, I, I felt fresh, like touch wood, I had no injuries. I felt mm-hmm. I felt really good. And it was just it was a shame that the season had to end because I reckon I could have played another 40 games. And I guess now it's just time for you to have a little bit of a break. Are you trying to get away on holiday? No, it's quite difficult at the moment. Yeah, I'll be trying to get away. I'm just going to have to wait to see what all this yeah. country says about all the restrictions. But if we are allowed, I'll be straight on to, um, I don't know, Thomas Cook to, to <laughs> somewhere. And Nathan Jones, the gaffer, let's have a quick word on him because what he's done at this club this season has been amazing, unbelievable, to be honest with you. What's it like to work with Nathan Jones? Yeah, he's a fantastic gaffer. Like... I spoke to him before I left and he was just, I just told him like you've, how good he'd been for me and the team. He's, he's just, he's got everything, in, everything you need to be a top level coach. He's, he's intense. He's tactically good. He reminded me a bit of Brendan Rodgers at Leicester, mm-hmm. like in terms of his intensity, like he never let anyone like stop or like switch off. And that's what brings the best out of players. You create an environment where you all playing at a high level and you're concentrating and that's what that's what brings results and I genuinely believe that he's going to build something special at Luton because yeah he's he is a really good guy and, and for me personally just as I said he gave me the confidence to go and express myself and that trust and that's all we can ask for as a player really so yeah what a guy and and I'm just thankful for what he did for me. Would you say that him giving you that freedom to go and express yourself has that helped you develop as a as a player this year? Yeah, yeah, I would. I would say that that it's helped me develop as a player and as a person in terms of just anything like going out on the pitch and just trying different things and 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 just learning different styles of play. And I know for a fact from when I was at the start of the season to now, I'm a completely different player and I, and I'm better. So that's just that's development at the end of the day, and that's what you ask for as a player. And yeah, I'm grateful. And finally, a word on the fans. I think we'll, we have to do it. You mentioned it earlier on in, in, in the chat, but two games this season in front of fans. Um, and I guess every game you log on after, on, on social media after the game and you see the amount of support you get. You won man of the match polls every single week for one stage. Yeah. Um, yeah. The fans have just been great for you, haven't they? Yeah, they've, they've been unbelievable. Like, I can't thank the fans enough. Um you said about them two games, it, that was a pleasure to play in front of them and it's just a shame that they're the only games. Like The, the amount of messages I've had has been overwhelming and I'm just, like, I'm so grateful and I genuinely do see every message and, like, it's sometimes tough to reply to all of them but I see all the tweets and all the messages and, and it, it's just such a nice feeling because I said when I came to Luton I want to make as good as an impression as I can as a fan so I want them to remember me and, like, appreciate what I've, do, what I've tried to do for the club and, and they have, and they're an absolute credit to the club. And yeah, I've got not not one bad word to say about them. So just whatever fans are watching this, I'm just just a big thank you, really, because without you lot, club did nothing. And yeah, you've been great.